Adding wholesale as a channel to your store is a great way to increase revenue. But how do you offer customer-specific pricing in Shopify? Well, there's a bold app for that. It's called Customer Pricing, and it's great for wholesale, of course. But it's also cool to add things like a VIP program, where you reward your best customers. It's so easy to use. To put a customer in a price group, you tag their customer account. That's it. Or if you want to get fancy, the app could do it automatically for you, tagging customers into groups based off how much they've spent, how often they've ordered, where they're from, or what products they purchased. For example, let's say a customer spends $500. We could automatically tag them as silver, and they get 5% off. Then when they've spent 1000 or more, they get tagged gold, and now they get 10% off. And with the tagging by product purchase feature, you could actually sell a membership product and then give members a discount, not unlike a Costco or a Sam's Club. Now, as an unofficial Shopify podcast listener, Bold is offering you their customer pricing app free for two months. Just go to kurtelster.com bold, and you can install it from there to get the exclusive offer. kurtelster.com bold. What's the number one customer support request you get? I bet it's, hey, where's my order? My friends at Ventov, makers of SEO Meta Manager, have a solution for this. It's called Order Lookup, and it lets customers look up their orders, right, good name, with either their email or order number, reducing the order inquiries you get in your inbox. We use it on our own high-volume Shopify Plus client stores, like Hoonigan and Yvonne Stells to provide real-time order info to customers with a fully customizable order lookup page, so you can keep that thing on brand. And hey, if you're a dropshipper, it even works with ePacket. You can get a seven-day free trial when you search order lookup in the App Store. Uh, no, for Halloween I got some some Jedi robes off Amazon, and unofficial, unlicensed, but very clearly, definitely Jedi robes. Oh, are, they, are they just like space knight robes? <laughs> uh, I wish I had taken notice of what the title was, if they were, you know, what shenanigans they played there. But definitely unofficial. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a Jedi for Halloween. In my Star Wars news, so we got so I bought a VR headset. I don't remember remember if I had it last week, but uh, there's my biggest Star Wars games were X-wing and Tie Fighter in the '90s. If you were a '90s kid, you were all about X-wing and Tie Fighter, and were a huge nerd, obviously. Uh, and so they're finally releasing a new space battle game. All right, that's from Star Trek. It was the closest thing I had. Oh my god! Uh, and so there's one coming out in October called Star Wars Squadrons, which I already was very excited about. And then they just announced it has full VR support. So I'm pretty much going to be playing Star Wars Squadrons with the VR headset, never leaving my house ever again. Taking, so like, I'm you, taking October off, by the way. <laughs> you know, uh, there's a thing that's going to happen <laughs> that we have to prepare for. That we're like we, I kind of we need. We Listen, need, October need is never deck. busy. We're sitting out, we're around with our thumbs up our asses all October. So I think you're thinking of December. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of actually it's funny. Like uh, end of September through October and the beginning of November is nuts. Like we even through December first is nuts because people at the last minute are like, oh, by the way, we're doing this thing on Black Friday. Uh, could you set that up for us? The moment though, I really think like the moment Thanksgiving rolls around. Oh yeah, the requests of the work fall off a cliff. Yeah, because merchants are so busy fulfilling, and then 
uh, I think everybody collectively just goes, eh, the last two weeks of December, let's just chill. Oh, yeah. No one talks to us in December. It's great. Yes. Some, some people do because they're like, we want to be ready with stuff in the new year, so they want us to prepare for it. That's usually good. Like, long-term projects are December. I like, I like that. I, I like that. It's just like you're doing a marathon for eight weeks. Uh, three weeks off in December. Yeah, we just kind of chill. It's it's very nice. Yeah. No, we've been doing this 10 years. That's the score. That's how it goes. It is nice. And, and, and you know, August is usually dead. So we get to, like, prepare for before it blows up. It hasn't been the case this year. It has not. In years past, though, usually you get that, like, back-to-school summer slump where everybody goes on vacation because they can. And then that's the end of it. Uh, did I tell you about my new uh, tenant? I decided to rent out part of my house. Oh? Yeah, I got a new roommate. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not familiar. Yeah, his name's Lil Squirrely. Okay, that's he's, an unusual name. He's a squirrel that lives in my wall. And he's not... <laughs> and he's not paying rent. And he's not just like a fugitive you're hiding? No, he's, it's an actual squirrel that lives in the walls of my house. Are you going to get the squirrel out? I'm hoping... How do you feel about the squirrel? <laughs> I'm not a fan of the squirrel. He's not paying rent. And like, what? where is his residence? His residence is the hallway uh, in the wall right there. Have you seen him? There's a squirrel... All right, so I sit... By, I have a big front window in my house, and I sit in the window in the morning, drink my coffee, answer my emails, begin my work day. And I look at all the animals romp romping around my front yard. And there was this squirrel that was just, like, there every day. And I was like, look at him. Like, he's having fun. I like him. So I've been looking at him for about a week. <laughs> Sipping your coffee, admiring your squirrels. Yeah. Okay. And then, so all of a sudden, there's now, like, scratching inside my walls. And anytime there's scratching going on inside the walls, I never see a little squirrely outside. And when I so do you don't you you've not actually seen the critter in your walls. I've never seen him in my walls. I just I'm making a Sherlock Holmes educated guess here that whenever I don't see the squirrel, there is scratching in the walls, and whenever I do see the squirrel, no scratching in the walls. Go go gadget deductive reasoning. <laughs> Have you yet tried asking him to leave? No. Well, usually I like I bang on the wall. Okay. That doesn't seem to to deter him though. But if no, like he probably down, is laughing at if you. If you're walking down the hallway and talk, he suddenly stops. He's like, oh. <laughs> They're going to get me. They're on to me. Removal guys come tomorrow. Evict my tenant. <laughs> but he's he's really just paying you in property destruction. <laughs> yeah. And the excitement of knowing that you have a squirrel in your wall. Of just hearing like scratching sounds in the wall of my house and thinking, oh, that's good. Just what do you find that's not a squirrel? And it's like, well, it was a family of angry possums in a turf war with a raccoon. Well, they've been very quiet up until like three days ago. Maybe they're plotting. Oh, God. You don't know. Today on the unofficial Shopify podcast, we're going to discuss e-commerce, not squirrels, I swear to God. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. I'm joined by my six-foot-five-inch co-host, Paul Rita. And on today's episode, we will discuss an income store court case update, Away Travel had a sale that last week, and DTC Twitter took unusual notice, and Gymshark's billion-dollar valuation, we touched on that last week, and then we will follow that up with a Gymshark teardown. How fun. First of all, uh, <laughs> oh boy, the height was way off. What's your actual height? 5'7? It, yes. It's, no, it's like 6'2. It's not 6'5. Okay, you're 6'2? Yeah. What do you, th I'm like literally the same height as you pretty much. I'm six feet and I feel that you tower over me. All right. I don't want to like steal any height valor here. I am not 6'5, <laughs> so I don't know where you're getting that. All right. Well, all right. Well, I correct it. He's 6'6 and the, he's being modest. Yeah. Well, I look, yeah. Me and Shaq, it's hard to tell. <laughs> yes yeah no you get confused oh my god a check oh wait you're not him uh all right so and then some housekeeping i got uh we got some really good episodes coming up i'm excited about i haven't recorded it yet 
But one of our, our best episodes last year was um, with Ezra Firestone, where he broke down his Black Friday plan. We're going to try and do that again. He said yes. Cool. I don't have it on the books yet, but we're going to try and get that one in there. And now that I've put it out publicly, well, he pretty much has to. He has to do it, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Ezra. We're just going to shame him. Because, uh, you know, we can shame him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're much more powerful than he is. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> He's an OG. He's been doing it like 10 years longer than we have. Yeah, I know. Um. I recorded with, with Stephanie from Asutra. That episode, really good. So good. I want to bump it up in the schedule, get it out sooner. Um, and then if you listened to and enjoyed the Nomad Goods interview with uh, uh, Noah Denzel, you will enjoy the follow-up with his marketing wizard, Chuck Melber, where he breaks down some of their, their marketing successes. So I got those coming up this year. That's exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to those. I'm excited about those getting published and, and seeing what people say. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Get excited. I need more excitement from you. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it through your window. I'm right next to the window. I'm gonna throw it out of. Oh, uh, no, window. I like Stephanie a lot. Stephanie is an extremely on the ball person. When we had lunch with her at the Bagel Diner at uh, Old Orchard Mall, R.I.P. the Bagel. R.I.P. the Bagel. Um, she was just like, oh wow, you're extremely professional should we even be here like i don't <laughs> that I, was how you felt about her we were pretty much like wait i, I think you're too good for us ma'am like i'm sorry <laughs> uh are, are, were you supposed to meet with someone else yeah Am I at the wrong table <laughs> no she's she's great and her the the interview was great the story is great and hearing how she got connected with venus williams blew my mind because it is not at all what i expected so you will i think people will enjoy that one uh all right in the past, we have done three episodes now about the income store, uh, my my brief experience with the income store, and the uh, their their court case with the SEC income store versus the SEC. <laughs> I'm sorry, the SEC versus. Uh, it's like oh, today's growth consultants doing business as the income store. I yeah. believe is the official case. Well, here here's the thing. I think uh, you know we were. Uh, I got chastised a little by a for real attorney for not being right about the way I was describing some things. Uh, I am not an attorney. I'm just a dude that reads stuff. So if I was wrong, I'm sorry. Also, don't trust what I say in terms of your legal advice. Yeah, take it with a grain of salt. No, uh, you got uh, you got slapped around for uh, an incorrect explanation of how an LLC works. <laughs> was, was what happened. But other than that, no, we were not corrected on anything okay, else. Okay, well, that's good. Um, but anyway, so there's like, there's actually two cases going on. There's like the SEC versus the income store where the income store is just like, is like a company. Okay. And then like whether or not it was like a, a company that should be allowed to exist. And then there is the federal government versus Ken Courtright, a dude we are accusing of committing crimes. I see. So in the case against Ken Courtright, he in all of his filings has been like, nope, we were a legitimate business the whole time. I'm innocent and I didn't steal money from these people. And also you could, you, I could find someone that will want to buy the income store. And when they buy the income store, all of my investors will be made whole. And therefore you can't see I committed a crime. Did you? Because like everyone got some money. So, so there, um, so he's really just been taking, he's not been, playing ball whatsoever with the feds. Okay. And generally from what I've read and, you know, given the way that the government and the world has gone the last few years, I've learned a lot about physical federal prosecutions because I've been paying attention <laughs> to stuff. Uh, and 
the everyone seems to agree that like the federal government doesn't bring charges against you unless they like completely have you utterly and totally nailed to the wall. Just, can I talk for five minutes? Just keep going. No. So like, and the feds are like, they're not going to bring it to trial unless they're just, they're just going to wreck you. And generally you then, you then make a plea deal with them. Uh, so anyway, in last month, uh, Ken Courtright's attorneys filed with the court to not be his attorneys anymore. Oh, what do you think happened there? So it's either one of two things. It's generally, uh, our client, they don't say why they're just like, we don't want to be some, uh, divisions have sprouted up between us and our client and we wouldn't be the best representation for them anymore. So please let us go. Uh, and so the question is, are the divisions, so they can't just quit. They need permission from the court. They need permission. Cause they, you can't just like walk out the door and leave a guy high and dry. Okay. Who's like facing federal charges. Everyone is entitled to uh, a defense in court. Um, but I mean, I'm sure the judge was, I'm sure it's pro forma for the judge to grant that, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, so the question is, is the division between Ken and his attorneys, his attorneys are like, dude, you're dead. Like you need to like sign a plea deal with the feds and just like take what it, take whatever you're going to get. And yeah. Take the bargain and let's move on. With take our the lives. bargain. Let's move on with our lives. Cause this fighting is doing no one any good. And Ken is refusing to do that. Or is it his attorneys are like, hello, we would like to be paid for our services. And Ken is like, don't have any money anymore. Sorry. And his attorneys are like, cool, we're out of here because we're not getting paid. But both of those theories being entirely speculation. Those are both entirely speculation, but those would be the top two reasons. If you were a betting man, you would bet on one of those. If, was, if you were a betting man, the vast majority of the bets would go on to one of those two. And from... From experience. I was briefly a paralegal. Oh, yeah? Was that, yeah. I worked at law firms uh, most of my teenage years as, like, a little wiener who had to go run things and, like, pick up stuff and, like, make... You were a gopher? Check things at the courts. Yeah, pretty much. That sounds like a paralegal. No, because I no? didn't actually, like, in, wasn't involved in any legal documents. I was just, like, a delivery boy. Oh, you should have gone with paralegal. It sounds better. No, I'm not... <laughs> again, I'm not going to steal anyone's paralegal valor. I see. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so I'm feeling like Ken is being very, uh, in all of his filings I've read, he's been very obstinate about what was actually going on when everyone seems like they got him, they're going to, they really got him against the wall. Yeah. So I'm guessing his attorneys are kind of like, nah, we're, we're out of here. Peace out, Barl. See ya. I'm sure he could find, if his, if he's like, look, I, I, I want to fight it tooth and nail. I'm sure he could find somebody that will go along with that. Well, he's got to pay him though. Okay. And so if all of his assets are frozen. Isn't that kind of the scam? Like if the the government freezes all your assets and then you have to defend yourself, what do you do? I don't know. Do you take the public defense? Like, are you forced into the public defender? I mean, I think so. I mean, I, I guess if you have no money, I mean, if you're high enough, if you're high enough profile, someone will take you just for the PR, but he's not high enough profile. What's the, I mean, is this thing going to go on for years? Oh yeah. Oh jeez. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if he's if he's actually if there's going to be like motions on either side and like everyone's fighting over the evidence and all that other stuff, it's like no. just drags on for yeah, years. It's going to go on for years. Ugh. I mean, there's a woman on. Um, if you are like extremely thirsty for your Ken Courtright content, uh, <laughs> the places you want to you want to look for, there's a woman on YouTube called uh, Amelia Gardner, who I think was involved in a lot. Is like into you know online sales type stuff. Um, oh yeah, she's got 
She has a playlist on YouTube called Income Store Collapse. Yeah, so she's an ex-attorney. Well, I mean, I don't know if she's still an attorney, but she's also involved in like, you know, sort of like, oh, let's talk display ads and like, you know, sort of a online commerce type Now she's into true crime. Well, and it was just like, well, I know a lot about online commerce and I know about legal stuff. So obviously the income store is like completely inside her wheelhouse. So uh, she, every once in a while when there's a cool income store update, uh, Amelia Gardner generally posts a video about it. So if you really want to get into it, check out her YouTube feed, which I'm sure Kurt will be adding to our show notes. I did it already. I got a link to Amelia Gardner's Income Store YouTube playlist, which I appreciate. Anyone who uses a a topic-based playlist, thank you. And one of the, uh, it looks like the most recent video is uh, July 30th, attorneys quitting question mark yeah income store update so i'll link to that one as well since it is directly relevant to what uh we were just discussing oh that's really cool have you reached out to her i have not we probably should yeah like like at this point you know come on let, let somebody else give us an update okay so away travel we had we did an away travel teardown we had fun with it uh they within a few days of that teardown going live, they made some of the changes we suggested, and the chances are that's entirely coincidence, but, you know, there's that one percent, okay, that one-tenth of one percent chance <laughs> it's not, in which case, I am honored. But, and it's it very much is 99.9% probably coincidence. Anyway, they had... You really changed your tune, because when I was just like, yeah, it's probably a coincidence, you got so mad at me. I wanted the win, and you <laughs> took it away from me. <laughs> you were like, I have had, no, it was exactly what we said. No, they listened to us. I was like, okay, buddy. I had time to grieve since then, <laughs> and now I'm willing to accept my hubris. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, but so they... I don't know if you're aware there's a pandemic happening, and that's really messed up travel. And they're a travel company. So if you sell luggage, like, this is a, a pretty grim scenario. And they had... Yeah, I was going to say, since we were talking, since later on we'll be talking about Jim Shark's financials, the thought crossed my mind that, to ask my sister-in-law about it, who works in the financial areas of big companies. She's currently, she works in the finance department for Airbnb. And the other problem is, of course, her, things aren't going so good for her either. Oh. In, in Airbnb. And, oh. of course, San Francisco with the state being on fire. Yeah, that's, um, we have we have family who live there, and they were giving us updates and sending photos. It's scary stuff. Did you see? It's literally Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, it it's just exactly like. It looks exactly like all the photos. The, it was like 3 p.m., and the sky was just red, just blood red, and everything is dark and sooty. Yeah, it's, it's even. It, I found it quite disturbing. It's even worse in Oregon. I have friends in Eugene, Oregon, and it's like. It's, yeah, it's straight red sky at, like, 2 o'clock, so it's bright red. Oh, Jesse, our project manager. Oh, yeah, that's right. Jesse's out Oregon. there. And, yeah, she uh, posted to her stories. It was it was creepy and sad mm-hmm. to see it. Uh, all right, so we're, we're so uh, anyway, away, travel. away travel. Yeah, you know, by comparison to insane wildfires, uh, away travel sale hardly seems interesting. Yeah, well, well I All right, it. so away travel had a, a site-wide 50% off sale. And apparently this was big news because DTC brands are seemingly allergic to to sales in general. It's like it, it's very dishonorable to run a sale in, in DTC Twitter, it feels like. And anyway, away ran a sale. It was 50% off the entire site. Seems like it might have been successful because the site went down when they started the sale, when people ran to check it out. Um, and they, it was reported on this newsletter I read that I recommend I like called uh, Morning Brew. And they said, um, 
what did they say? Uh, Brandon Lewis, VP of comms and corporate affairs at Away, told Retail Brew the sale is meant to inspire shoppers who may be ready to travel again this fall. And there's interest. Away's online traffic increased, and recent launches like pet carriers and mini travel kits have sold out. Uh, but the sales also chance to offload suitcases after the pandemic flatlined the travel industry. And in April, Away's Co's founders said sales had plummeted 90% when travelers put worldwide vacay plans on ice. Um, they laid off 10% of their staff, and they said it, they've picked up momentum, but they didn't specify as to much. And then uh, Morning Brew's commentary was that discounts can instantly jumpstart sales, but Away and its DTC cohorts avoid them. And uh, the argument being that, well, DTC brands, because it's direct-to-consumer, has already given you the best price. Therefore, they can't do a sale, and it erodes brand value. Uh, and they had a, this poll quote in here from uh, Nick Sharma, who, uh, founder of Sharma Brands, like Judy is a really cool one of his. I like him a lot. He said, I don't think running a single sale is going to have an impact on the brand in five years' time, but if it becomes a recurring strategy for brand, then that becomes a different story. Well, when you can't sell anything, I right, mean, because of a pandemic, what you're running out of options. you got to turn, you, you got you to gotta free up cash. And if you've got this inventory not moving, it's costing you money just sitting there. So a sale on stuff that you can't otherwise sell seems like a smart move. I mean, yeah, this... I, I want to defend sales for DTC brands. Oh, well, this isn't going to be fun because this 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 article, when you sent it to me, immediately got my hackles up because I was just like, stop smelling your own farts and acting like, oh, well, we're too important for having a sale. You can't expect that of us. You know, I, I never thought I'd get to use this sound effect, I'll but... do it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yes. Oh, delicious. I work for Away's Travel. Oh, I'm now... <laughs> yes, oh, so good. I'm going to go yell at my underlings now. Uh, <laughs> that was That's the finest segment we've ever done on this show. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like, oh, well, what will it do to the brand? It's like, Motherfucker, you're not Rolex. Like, Rolex has built their entire brand around this, and they've existed for, like, I think 100 years at this point. It's like, you're, you sell boxes. You sell boxes that people carry their clothes in. They sell polycarbonate clamshells that are realistically no different from the $60 Samsonite I got clearanced from Amazon many years ago. That done down there, that's my clothes box. Like, that's what it is. <laughs> that's my clothes box, what for the airplane? I just throw my clothes in a garbage bag. <laughs> But it's just like, oh, well, it's really going to kill the brand if they have sales. Like, motherfucker, they have no sales. You can have a sale. You're not too good for sales. No one is too good for sales. Yeah, if Bentley did a sale, suddenly a Bentley becomes more attractive. And everyone's like, oh, well, they're doing it to inspire people. Like, bullshit. Inspire fucking shit. Inspire my fucking bank account. Yes. Yeah, no. I don't think they sat down. They're like, look, guys, we need to inspire people to travel. Yeah. No, they're like, what are we going to (laughs) do? We don't have any money. (laughs) God. Oh, well, <laughs> stop it. If, it's like, you know, a brand should just sit there and be like, well, I'm only going to eat if you give me caviar. It's like, okay, well, if you're only going to eat caviar, have fun starving to death. Like, I'd rather yeah, throw that, a sale yes. instead of starving to death. And that is exactly the situation. It's, you, you sell suitcases, you sell expensive suitcases, moderately expensive suitcases, and no one is, no one's traveling, and certainly so no one's buying luggage. Yeah. You don't want to go out of business, so... All right, and they've shifted to things that they can sell, like pet carriers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so continue that shift and, and clearance the stuff that doesn't sell. I don't know why there's this implication that within the realm of DT, direct-to-consumer e-commerce, that that is in some way a shameful act. That To me, that sounds strategic and smart. You know what's a direct-to-consumer uh, DTC uh, e-commerce brand? What? Apple. Does Apple have sales? 
Yes. Okay, so I'm pretty sure you're fine Not there. often, and they're light. Those Black Friday sales. Back to school sales. They do? Yeah. I want like 50% off. Give me, I want AirPods. Half Everyone's off. got sales. I mean, sales have existed for what? A hundred years? How long have sales existed? Gee, I have no idea. That's a good question. That's a good question. And you know what you just reminded me of? You know what was a... Well, I don't know if Sears was a... Like, Sears. Like, Sears would make things. And Sears would send you a catalog. I think Sears was the original DTC brand. I think Ford was the original <laughs> DTC brand. You could only buy it from a Ford... A Ford you could only buy from a Ford dealership. And they own the entire manufacturing process. It streamlined it for efficiencies. And the goal was, you know, low price, direct consumer product, cut out the middleman. Oh, then I think... Clearly Ford. I think Ford should be trading at whatever, like, 20 times earnings is then. Because, <laughs> I mean, they're a DTC brand. I think it is funny to think of, like, that somewhere along the way, e-commerce rebranded itself as direct to consumer. I mean, that's why, I mean, the Sears catalog, instead of, they just, they'd send the website to your house. And yes. you'd flip through it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's a lot of they a lot of things that we act like. Oh, this is new and amazing. And, uh, it's this, not. It's the same stuff. So many things in our lives, especially in business, it's just like stuff borrowed from other industries or stuff taken uh, that happened so long ago you forgot about it, and we just kind of relabeled it and reinvented it for modern age. Uh, but no, it, it, don't fear the sale. I mean, if it's in their case, it's choosing between like, well, we could sit here and sell nothing, or we could clear out this stuff and use that cash to sell, um, you know, to develop and sell new products. They're great. Good for them. That should be the story. Well, but I, I mean, I'm just taking it a step further. And, you know, anyone listening to this, even, I mean, I know whatever um, Pierre Escargot, the CEO of Bentley, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sure he's not listening to this, but anyone who is listening to this, you can have a sale. You don't need to be going out of business to have a sale. Please, for the love of God, have sales because more people will buy your crap. Like what? Why is this hard? The yes. And like uh, the um, is Bentley French. It's probably not French. It's British. Damn it. Yeah. I should have been like Nigel Huffnagle. Nigel Huffnagle. <laughs> hey, you know what? Harry Potter. Harry, Harry Potter is the CEO Harry, yeah. of Bentley. There you go. Yes. There you go. All right. Um, and the queen is the CEO of Jaguar. That's <laughs> Wow. That's my the extent of my, my British knowledge. Oh, and that's why you just sold your Jaguar? Because you're anti-royalist? You know, I still have the Jaguar <laughs> sitting in my garage mocking me. Ugh. Every time I get in the car, it calls me a colonist and spits on me. <laughs> like, what? Why did I pay for this? Like the, all right, So the fear with sales, like, if you ran sales constantly, that it devalues the brand. And, like, unless you're a real... Unless you're you're selling a luxury good where it's like, all right, it is we're selling this thing at 10x cost of goods sold, you're probably not really a luxury brand. But I'm even saying luxury brand is in like when we think of like, you know, luxury brands like Bentley and Rolex and whatever, those are luxury brands that are like, this is only they meant have to a be, storied history. This is only meant to be purchased by millionaires. Come on. Yeah. So the you're not one of those. <laughs> so I have a sale. Statistically probably. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe someone at Bentley is like, what? <laughs> I mean, if you work for Bentley, get, come in contact with us. We'll build your Shopify store. I don't think it's going to work. You know what? Don't. Don't. Sit. Mm -mm. It's hard because they're totally going to want like a product configurator app to configure all like the different trends. It's just basically the, the, the hardest thing you could do. Yeah, not, those are horrible. I don't want that job. Yeah, they're very difficult. I respect people who could build a product configurator. Especially one for a vehicle. Oh, my God. No, thank you. Uh, all right. So last time 
we Gymshark came up, and I, as part of the, like the Gymshark explanation, I said, hey, they've got this billion-dollar valuation. And you said, what the heck do they sell? I said, I don't know, stuff online? And you said, well, they sell a billion dollars worth of stuff? Well, first off, you said it was two and a half billion, which we've now learned was definitely wrong. Oh, yeah, no, it was way wrong. <laughs> 1.4 billion, I believe, it turns out, is the valuation. All right, so That's half. still unicorn status. What, is, what do you have to do to get unicorn status? What does that mean? You, you're, you have a company with a, uh, a, a three-comma valuation, a billion-dollar valuation. Is that a thing? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I mean, that's unicorn status. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so I poo-pooed it, and uh, because I will happily say whenever I'm wrong, uh, I was wrong. Uh, they sound like they sell some stuff. Uh, they don't sell $2.6 billion worth of stuff, whatever Kurt said. Yeah, because that's a number I literally, yeah. turns out I just made up. But uh, he was also correct to chastise me. They're not built entirely on a wing and a prayer of SoftBank and Saudi money. So I'm willing to give them a little bit more benefit of the doubt. And what's, I think what's very interesting about Gymshark, it was started by uh, two guys who were 19 years old in 2012. That, I mean, e-commerce is such young industry and thing. And to think like, wow, 2012, that's a lifetime ago in e-commerce. And two kids who were 19 now own a company with a billion dollar valuation. Oh, good for them. But... Uh, I, I was cruising LinkedIn, and we had a past guest, uh, Jason Andrew, who is a uh, a chartered accountant in um, uh, on the other side of the globe, and he gave us this really good rundown of like, okay, here's how to approach accounting for e-commerce. That is his entire thing: is being a CPA for bootstrapped, high-growth e-commerce companies. And I saw he had written a Medium article that was very good, where he's like, all right, let's break this down. Is this valuation legit? And so I, I, I passed along to you. Uh, I did not actually read it myself. Instead, I, I emailed him and I said, hey, we're going to talk about that on the show. Would you mind giving us a, a dramatic reading of that? Would you mind giving us, like, here's the executive summary in audio form? And so he very kindly did. And I'd like to play that. Hey, everyone. It's Jason here. It's a pleasure to be on the unofficial Shopify podcast. Now, Gymshark is one of the few pure play D2C brands that have officially hit unicorn status. I'm sure there are others flying under the radar, but this is the best case study I've personally come across. Now, it's unique in many ways. Firstly, the founder, Ben Francis, he's super young. He started the company when he was 19 years old. But secondly, it was bootstrapped up until the investment from General Atlantic, a rare quality in this environment where every large consumer brand seems to be raising buckloads of money, rightly or wrongly. It are these qualities which make Gymshark so impressive in my eyes. Now, my accounting firm works with a lot of bootstrapped high-growth businesses. And what I love about working with bootstrapped founders is that by necessity, they need to equip themselves with strong operating discipline and financial governance from day one. These are good habits for every entrepreneur to build in the early stage as they carry through the business as it scales. Now, many outsiders see Gymshark as a company with awesome marketing and leadership. Now I can say that the hype is supported by equally strong financial management. Some key highlights from a financial perspective, healthy gross profit margins that hover between 43 to 50%. Now the operating profit margins have remained consistent at 11 to 20% even as the company has scaled. In other words, the unit economics of Gymshark work, which has enabled profitable, sustainable and healthy growth. Now, from a working capital perspective, Gymshark's cash conversion cycle was an enviable 48 days in 2019. Now, compare that to like Nike and Adidas, 
whose cash conversion cycle hovers at 104 and 160 days respectively. Simply put, Gymshark is a cash generating machine. In summary, Gymshark is a refreshing case study for every entrepreneur to reflect on. It serves as a stark reminder to those looking to scale their e-commerce business. And the key message is this, you don't need to raise venture capital to build a great high growth business. Find your company with customers. It's the best way to do it. I absolutely love his takeaway there. Well, the end, yeah, the end is the main thing to focus on. There is some bias, and I, I've seen some arguments online where, like, people bootstrapping versus um, taking investment, whether that's private equity, venture capital, whatever it is. Um, and the, these people fight in butt heads. I think clearly it's your business. You should do what the heck you want, right? Do the thing that you know is right for you that you feel comfortable with. But there was always this implicit thing that like, well, if you're bootstrapped, that's just a lifestyle business. And like lifestyle business was very much used derisively. I've only recently been willing to accept lifestyle. Like we have a lifestyle business. It's a fabulous business that supports our lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, it's a thing where if we, I didn't know of it derisively at all, where I was just like, it's a lifestyle business. It's like, this business is my lifestyle. I'm like, okay, let's <laughs> waiting for the bad part. Yeah. Right. That's silly. But it's it's derisive because uh, the implication with lifestyle business is y you can't. It's not high growth. You're not going to be. You know, you're not going to be uh, worth tens of millions, and you're certainly not going to sell your light your little lifestyle business that's cute for two hundred million dollars or something to that effect. Let alone get a billion dollar valuation. And what Jim Shark has shown us is that two regular dudes. I mean, they, literally, this guy was a nineteen year old pizza delivery boy who started silk screening T shirts were able to grow bootstrap, so they did not take investment, a business, and then after steadily stacking the bricks in that for a decade, get to, or almost a decade, get to a, a billion dollar valuation when they finally did take that investment. So it means these things are not, these two approaches are not at all mutually exclusive. No, and even if it's not exclusive, it's like, oh no, you failed. I mean, it goes back to our story with, um Gumroad with uh, Salil from Gumroad. Gumroad, he had a bunch of VC money and he failed at building the startup. And instead, now he just owns Gumroad himself outright, moved to Salt Lake City and makes like half a million dollars a year by himself. Yeah, I think uh, pretty much everybody listening could live with that business. Yeah, that's the thing. Because no stress. He's like, I failed because Gumroad didn't turn into a hundred million multi, like billion dollar, you know, exit for me. Uh, all it did was I have a job that I kind of work in my own house that I lived in that I that is not in San Francisco and I make half a million a year. Like, oh no, oh <laughs> yeah. no, oh no, how will he survive? <laughs> right, and so that like that was kind of for someone who chose to have a bootstrap lifestyle business. Like we we've never had debt, um, we've never taken investment. The and I have intentionally chosen to remain. To, to have a small team and keep things as simple as possible because I am risk averse and prone to anxiety and I don't like anxiety. No. So I've built the business around a system where ah, it supports, it's all you know, fine. we got a, got a cool place. You know, yeah. It's all good. We all, we get, we own houses. We have cars. We're not scared about like paying our mortgage next month. No, so, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I live, live comfortably and largely stress-free. And that was my goal. And if that's your goal and you're like, look, that's, a, that's all I want. Simple goals with, uh, living an upper middle-class lifestyle. 
absolutely you could do it i mean i think we've mentioned this before but we've had people approach us that are like all right here's the movie you got to do now you got to like triple your headcount so you need to like take out a giant loan right and then hire 50 people and then find the work to keep those 50 people employed and then you become a big ass business that's doing whatever revenue with your new giant headcount and then eventually someone will want to acquire you a hundred percent we could do that and i'm like that's the worst thing i've ever heard <laughs> if we did it we might be successful at it and or we could fail miserably and blow ourselves up who knows but like it's a risk reward scenario i have it i have stuck to the level of risk i liked yeah and it has worked in the few because we don't have the debt uh that in the future that could change i could say all right well you know let's take the investment let's build the big team let's do do the whole thing and then set it up so it's all systems and processes and then we could sell it um you could still change your mind even if you're like look i'm a bootstrap now i'm happy now but maybe down the road i want to change it you can absolutely do that and that's that's what jim shark did and that's why i like these jim shark and these two guys and having gone deeper into the story um absolutely i i respect it and it should be should be held up as a uh a, a shining example of what you could do in e-commerce with a shopify store they're on shopify plus hold up it's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. I know I have. There's just a pile of packages in front of my door. I can't even get the front door open. But if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first-time customers. But once they've made that first purchase, how do you keep them coming back? That's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your list, send memorable emails, automate critical messages, and more. Way, way more. That's why more than 30,000 e-commerce brands like Chubby's, Brooklinen, and Keysmart use Klaviyo to build a loyal following. Strong customer relationships mean more repeat sales, enthusiastic word of mouth, and less depending on third-party ads. Now, whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster. And it's free to get started. Visit Klaviyo.com to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. Talk to him. Uh, back to Gymshark, uh, their money for a second. Debt cash? I just want to point out their little sneaky thing they did uh -oh. that he mentions in the Medium article that he wrote about this. So um, for the big brands like Nike, Adidas, and Lululemon, their mar gross profit margin is like 45 to 50%, which okay. is like good for apparel. Um, Gymshark is like, oh yeah, our profit margin is 70% because we're DTC geniuses and this is the magic you get with DTC. But the little thing that they did when they're reporting their financial information is they placed uh, their distribution costs, which is like shipping, customer service, running the website, doing all the stuff, like doing all the stuff that would be for Nike, which is the Nike supply chain to ship everything to all the stores everywhere. They are counting that all under distribution costs, which apparently is not part of your gross profit margin. Normally, I don't know about this. I'm just reading this in the article. And so what they do it is they add all that stuff after they've calculated their profit, which is what you normally would do. But because they're DTC, the way that that's put together for them is entirely different. Like they, they need to do all that stuff in order to sell the product because they're direct to consumer. So they have no distribution network. So really that should be counted as part of the cost of the goods. Uh, so they're, 
You think they're misreporting cost of goods sold? They're misreporting cost of goods. I don't think that. That's what Andrew says in his article. Okay. That they're misreporting cost of goods, cost of uh, cost of goods sold because they because they're direct consumer, they have to do a bunch of stuff that balloons their cost of that balloons their distribution costs. Okay. And because of that, when you add all that in, their profit margins are forty to fifty percent, just like all of the other companies. <laughs> I see. So, but st- I mean. Even including that, still huge, I mean, wildly we're, we're successful. Compa- we're comparing them to Nike, Adidas, and Lululemon, billion-dollar companies. Yeah, it's a not company like, started by two guys in 2012. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's like bad. I'm just saying is the uh, the unicorn is a little. He's got a little limp in one of his hooves. <laughs> I understand. And well, as long as we're on the topic of Gymshark, we should do a Gymshark teardown. Jimshark.com. We're on Jimshark.com. I see you're on the homepage on Jimshark.com. I'm on the homepage on Jimshark.org. Oh no. Okay, arm. that's the wrong one. Oh, okay. Yeah. You want I mean, dot com. Dot net? No, no. You don't want biz. the Jimshark dot network. Biz. I mean, here's the thing. If you're running a business, you should buy the dot biz so people know it's a business. Yeah, how will they know otherwise? I mean, it'd be stupid not to. I mean, it's ignoring that dot com stands for commercial. <laughs> and there's dot store, dot shop. There's a lot of silly TLDs now. Well, yeah, because the company that makes the TLDs is the same company that sells the TLDs. It's like you're putting real estate agents could also create land. I see. <laughs> yeah, that's. I you know, I don't like the. I'm I'm a simple man. I like the classics. I just want you know dot com dot net dot org dot edu dot edu of course, <laughs> but I can't just get one of those and dot gov right dot su, which I think they shut down. What's SU? That was the Soviet Union TLD. Oh. That like now it's dot RU, right? Never got used, yeah. But I think like it was still available and they were like, you were extremely cool. Well, that's the only that's the only use case for a the a stray the plethora of weird TLDs was so you could try and like spell out a word, do something like really cool and nerdy. Yeah, I really wanted to get Paul.re, which is a reunion island, a small island in the Atlantic, I think. That's a French protectorate. But in order to get a Reunion Island TLD, you have to either be a Reunion Island citizen or a French citizen. Yeah, a lot of the government ones, they're like, look, we stop screwing around with our domain names. That's pretty much the entire uh, large majority of the island of Tuvalu's economy is selling .tv <laughs> TLDs. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not. Re- I just assumed it was like .tv. No, it's the it's the country code for the island of Tuvalu. I did not realize yeah, that. Yeah, and oh. they were like, oh, we got a gold mine. <laughs> How strange. Oh, I love learning like just weird ways people make money. That one's that one's good. Okay, let's dive into gymshark.com. We got uh you know, it it is a stark minimal website with uh intentional like even the photography follows that in that they have made the very clear intentional choice of using direct flash, which gives it this very um this harsh contrasty look on purpose. Who was that photographer that did that? The dir- Terry something. He's a real creeper. I don't know. All right, forget it. <laughs> uh, that's the thing. Let's notice here. Uh, no slideshow. No slideshow. It's just, well, there is like a weird slideshow that's headlines. I was going to say, I like that. The navigation. And here's the other thing. What's, what's the navigation? Men's, There's, women's accessories. Yeah, three links. There's no, ma- there, there's no multiple main menus. There's no top menu. There's no any kind of secondary menu. There is only the main menu, and it segments you into men's, women's accessories. And, well, like, have, accessories really is, like, your unisex. Yeah. This menu exists to when you have an audience as big and as wide as they do. 
This is so you can get them to self-segment. Uh, also, well, if you hover, it's a mega menu, though. Accessories is not, but I really like the little animation at the bottom. Oh, yeah, that's easy. I could do that. You could do that? Yeah. All right, I got a off-road project I want to do that on. You're right. You've been talking about, everyone's going to know about this. You've been talking about this off-road project for weeks, and you're just like, oh, you can't believe the shit I'm doing. And I'm like, I know I'm not going to believe the shit you're doing, and it's going to make me, it's going to kill me inside, because you got too <laughs> fiddly with it. Oh, yeah. And I'm I got extra fiddly. It. You're like, oh, but it works in Photoshop. <laughs> you're like, well, Photoshop isn't the website, Kurt. Well, the text doesn't render right. <laughs> make the logo bigger. Yeah, they've got... They have, they have mega menus, but their mega menus are not like crazy images. The mega menus are just three link lists each. That's it. I would actually like a little bit more in this mega menu, or at least make it smaller. Like this whole, it's too small. First of all, text, too small. Second of all, the, that white space in the middle. Why is that there? The, yes, I, you know, I agree with you. I loved the header. It spoke to like, wow, you really thought through this design and it's going to be really like top shelf. And the, the menu was writing the header in the menu were writing checks the Mega Menu can't cash. Yeah. The so how would we like one of the things that bothers me is of the columns, it's three columns, the height of column one and like the line heights are different. Well Just yeah, because they're all because they're like all uppercase on the left one. Oh, is that why? I don't know. Like if we're gonna go with something if you're gonna go with something this stark surprisingly like you really need to nail the grid the vertical rhythm and get really consistent padding and spacing yeah, to make all, it the yeah, look work you're right it's all just kind of shoved in there um and just let to like lie how it was by default they did like no tweaking of it to make sure like every row was like a perfect you know tabular row okay so we're like simple plain header good mega menu sloppy. opportunity for improvement sloppy yeah mildly the, sloppy i enjoy i like this they have an announcement bar on the site, you know, like free shipping, shop with Klarna, uh, easy returns, that kind of thing. And rather than just have like one big block of text, it's a scroller. It like flips through multiple messages. I think it's a really clean, nice way to do it. Uh, the photographer is Terry Richardson, by the way. Oh, that's what you're thinking of? Yeah, he's, he did the, he pioneered that kind of look, I think. And it was all like gross. I just think uh, Fiona Apple music video. That's pretty much, 90s, yeah. That's, that's very much his style, yeah. yeah. Uh, they immediately, like, right after that hero image, they go straight into featured, uh, a collection with featured products, and it's men's new releases. And what I love about that is, I, you got some of your homepage, they scroll down, you, they're now already shopping. They're immediately shopping. That is what you want. And then if I click through, I'm gonna go straight to a product page. So, okay, once that happens, I'm in shopping mode. The, the switch has been flipped, and it becomes much more likely that I will purchase as a new customer. And if I don't, well, hey, you have at least, now you've got some remarketing fodder. You know what I looked at. Um, the hover over these things, they, it swaps the image, cool. It's got this quick add thing, so you can see the t sizes. The quick add thing is cool, and it totally works. You just click click the size, and it auto-adds it to the drawer cart. Oh, wow. Yeah, if you're going for pure like simplicity, ease of use, it's hard to beat this. Land on the homepage, scroll down, one button, drawer card opens, your item's in it in the correct size. I love it. It's it's very cool. It's implemented perfectly. Would love to see heat mapping if anyone actually does it. Uh, I would always love to see heat mapping. It confirms. There's just, how we think people use it, how I, they actually I use know, it. I just think it's too soon for someone to actually buy something. But if they're a returning customer, <sighs> again, heat map. Like we're 
Everything we say, take with a grain of salt. This is entirely speculation. Yeah. It's educated guesses. I don't know. I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, it's not hurting you, but I, I would like to see if anyone actually does it or if they, like, click through. Because, I mean, you got you to see more photos. You got to see the yeah. bigger photos. So scrolling down, we got a big featured image, and then we jump. Yeah, at the top was men's new releases, feature collection. It does the same thing again with women's new releases, then another big featured image. So it looks like we're breaking up collections with images. And then all right, big image after that, featured promo sections like shop men, shop women's. So really, really trying hard to get me to segment between one of these two categories. And then they finally, they got you know, stuff um, like student discount, afterpay, home workout conditioning app, and what I assume is a little SEO segment at the bottom. There's just like a big pair or three line paragraph of text more than your best workout clothing. And finally, as our safety net, uh, a newsletter sign up, really simple sign up to our newsletter for the latest news and exclusive deals and a very clean, nice footer that my face in the screencast is like totally covering the link lists. Uh, uh, so I Googled it. There isn't one currently going, um, that afterpay in the footer made me think about it. First of all, what do we know about? Okay, Gymshark, billion dollar DTC unicorn darling. Mm -hmm. Ultra successful. Everyone should try to implement them. One, they're not too good to offer afterpay. Yes. Even on a $20 t-shirt or tank top, you still can do afterpay. Free returns for 90 days. Free returns for 90 days. I Googled Gymshark sale. They just had a Labor Day sale of women's 30% off. Okay, so they did have a sale, so a traditional ass sale. Traditional ass sale. They are not too good for sales, and they are not too. And yet good they're they're valued at a billion dollars. Ugh. How is this possible, Paul Rita? <laughs> and let's dive. Well, let's dive into a collection because their collection page is pretty good. Here's the thing: I found a blog page here. Uh, this is from June. They, they had a sale, the Gym Shark Sale 2020. Uh, f up to fifty percent off selected lines all that's left to do is explore the discounts and prepare your sportswear wish list but remember the gymshark sale will only be around for 24 hours when you're doing a sale absolute like the thing with that you don't want to always everything's always on sale like you don't want to be Kohl's, right yeah or macy's where it, it's always it feels like it's always on sale and you know like well if it isn't on sale eh, i just gotta wait yeah versus uh like gymshark here absolutely you want to time box those sales to create urgency um, I mean, it was 24 hours. How much money did they make that 24 hours? Million, tens of millions of dollars. I, I would hope so. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. It's an impressive brand. That's for sure. I'm sure everything they do has like dramatic ripple effects. Mm -hmm. uh, let's go to everybody loves hoodies. Let's for a collection. Go to men's hoodies. All right. Do they have Jedi hoodies? <laughs> I don't believe they sell Jedi robes. No. Pretty cool if they did. I would, if they had a Star Wars line, I would be very excited. Now we'd be talking. Now I'd be a Gymshark customer. Uh, scrolling down, they've got, or in the collection, they've got this lovely banner image with the, the collection titles over the banner image and these very clear, easy to use uh, collection filters. I love these. At the top. They're not hidden. They're easy. They work. I'm very impressed by this. I love that it's a bar, which yeah. leaves way more room for the collection grid. And, the way, like, and because the collection grid has more room, that allows the images to be bigger. And absolutely. anytime you can err on the side of the images being bigger is a good one. 100%. And all right, so I've got, scroll down to new. There's new. I like their little new badge. It's nice. Critical hoodie, dark green, $45. I note that they don't sell 3XL again. Oh, I, I'm I feel very abandoned here. 
We'll find you. We'll find you a 3XL hoodie, buddy. <laughs> I don't want to. Ugh, sleeves. I get so hot. <laughs> uh, all right. He's not kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I appreciate that you. Uh, I'm on the product page. They use breadcrumbs. I don't want to like breadcrumbs, but I have found consistently over and over across all categories, breadcrumbs on a product detail page get used. People use them to go back to the collection or the homepage, wherever. Uh, so on the collection grid, oh, okay. So this is a question we get a lot in the group. On the collection grid, the top thing here is this crest hoodie. And the crest hoodie is broken out into multiple colors. And each color has its own image associated with it. And then, oh yeah, you're right. And so if you click through, if you click through the red one, it has size and then it has the colors. But when you click on the colors on the product page, that is a completely separate product listing. So they've split out each color is its own separate product. We get a lot of questions. We get a question about that all the time in the group. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you hover over it, you can see it's different links. I'm sure this is like meta field madness to make this work. I th there's like apps that do it. Oh, really? I think, I think. But at the same time, at like their scale, they could build a private app to do whatever they want. Yeah. Or I'm sure like, you know, they could call Toby and be like, we really want this feature. Maybe. Toby's like, get out of here. I yeah. played StarCraft. He does play StarCraft. He plays StarCraft. The man enjoys StarCraft. Uh, interesting way to lay out the product photos. It is a more editorial style. It Instead of thumbnails, it's like three images across, a big image, and then two images across the bottom. We did something kind of like this on Adam's polishes, and you, it worked well. I really liked it. Do you have one with a video? The one I'm looking at does not have a video. Oh, click, video? click like the different colors. Switch. All right, I'm looking at. I'll switch to charcoal marl. Oh yeah, that'll have one. Okay. Whoa. Yeah, sick. Okay, so I always tell people, go, should I add video? The answer, like, say no more. The answer is yes. Video looks professional. It looks engaging. This, as far as video being executed, is truly phenomenal. And what's fun about it, the video starts and ends with the guy walking into frame and out of frame. So it's got kind of, there's like a fun um, Benny Hill quality to it. How was it like Benny Hill? Uh, in that they're messing with like you the just, frame. You just wanted to hit the button. I didn't even hit the button. This video was 720p too. Hmm. It's huge. But what about their page speed score? <laughs> We're not talking about that this week. Oh, sorry. No, it's, wow. That. This product page, this photo layout with a video, truly impressive. That's really nice. Oh, at the bottom on this one, it's got a button that says load more images. And then it flips the images to something else. Okay. If I click them, ah, all right. So then if you click an image, it loads in a, this really nice light box, but it has all your thumbnails down the side. So they've gone with an atypical layout, which is a risk, but they have executed it so well, it entirely mitigates the risk. Yeah. They got a little position sticky going on the form as well as you scroll down through the images. Yeah, so that's like the cool. The form's always there. That's nice. That's very, this, this site's very nice. Uh, oh, yeah, it is. If I click size guide, they've got a nice size guide relevant to the product, tells me, oh, I could choose between inches and centimeters, um, and uh, even tells you how to measure. Uh, the, the size guide is on point. And then underneath the add to cart button, it says, um, it's got Afterpay and Klarna on here. Two financing options. Interesting. Interesting choice that the description one is closed. Yeah, the description defaults to closed. So they use an accordion menu for the description, and it's description, delivery, and returns, reviews. The item is new that I'm looking at. doesn't have reviews. Um, it's got a bulleted description, which honestly, I, I, would, I would default it to open. 
And at I'm, the same time, like these products are fairly self-explanatory. Well, these products are pretty much like, do you think this looks cool? Yes, no. Yeah. And so the images are the thing that sells it. I don't need to be like, okay, but how many arms does the sweatshirt have? Yeah. Right? But it's I, a sweatshirt. I think the font is too small, too, because I'm old. You're ever old. I need my cheaters. <laughs> yeah, it's 12-point font. It's tiny. I would, like, if I still want to keep that small look, I'd bump it to 14. But my ideal minimum for font size is 16. But let's go back to the debate. So there's always a debate in the group about whether you should split out variants by color and make every color its own product. I don't like that. But either do I. Gym I want Shark it all on is, one page. Jim Shark's doing it. Well, yeah, but they also have a hybrid approach. Yeah, that's where true. I can pick the photos. Like I could choose the other colors from any of the product listings. That's the difference. That's and true. And that's why we say like, well, bundle them together because you got one listing to promote. And I could flip through the colors all on one page. Yeah. And so they did that in that they do have them as all separate products, but the swatches, they still have color swatches on every product page that will lead you to that product. Yeah. And then by doing that, then they also, you could see all of them at a glance in the collection grid. So they have combined and solved for this problem entirely. It's very clever. All right. So I'm going with an XL. I've selected it. Click add to cart. And it's got cute, cute little animation to confirm it. And then it opens a drawer cart. I, the, the animation is nice, but you could skip it. Just have it open the drawer cart. Once I'm in the drawer cart, very minimal, nothing to it. So there's some opportunity there. And you could add a lock icon to the checkout. PayPal did a case study. Supposedly that increases conversions. Um, you could have the, I would say, like, they've got this free, no hassle, 90 day return policy. That's a big deal. I would like, and that's one line of text. I would have that in the cart drawer. Yeah, they can get some upsells on there too. Like buying a hoodie. All right, I'm gonna click checkout. Buy the t-shirt because I have yet. You're right. There has been no cross sell, no upsell. Oh my gosh! By the time you get to the checkout, it's been styled. It is a oh. a custom styled uh, Shopify checkout. Very very rare. How do they get these buttons? These things up here that are like information, shipping, payment. That's not the standard Shopify checkout. Oh, exactly. That's why I wanted you to see this. Yeah. Well, I they're on plus. It's a custom checkout. But yeah, they have changed. Uh, they have like the uh, custom steps stuck up here. That's very cool. That's cool. And then this COVID question. That's great. We're still shipping. There'll be contactless delivery. Please keep an eye on our COVID-19 FAQ page, which they smartly did not link to. Oh, come on guys. No, I, they want it. That, this is a squeeze. Oh, you page. don't want to lead them up. Yeah. You don't I don't want, want them, them to, the well, if I got them to the checkout, I don't want them to leave to go read an FAQ about COVID-19 target blank, man. <laughs> yeah, you could do that. Um, no, this is really good. All right. I'm going to put in, I'm going to put my info in. I want to see what the shipping options look like. Matt, you got to cut that out. He lives in Lake County. I'm not going to tell you what state the Lake County is in. Is it like Springfield? There's like a ton of Lake Counties. <laughs> so then once we get into shipping method, it just says standard delivery, four to seven working days, five bucks, express delivery, one to three working days, 15 bucks. You would not believe the amount of overcomplicating people do with their shipping. When it should just be like, give me the standard option and the faster option, and that's it. And yeah. the standard option should ideally be free, probably with a threshold. For them, it's 75 bucks. We're below it. Yeah, it's like, do you want free but slow or fast but expensive? Yeah. No, this is good. I, I was talking to a, a merchant this week who does not have a billion-dollar valuation and had um, shipping rules so complicated it required a six-page flowchart. <laughs> and my advice was like, this is insane. You wildly simplify this for your sake and the customers. And well, clearly Gymshark did, but all right. So my point is like, don't give people choice paralysis. Don't tear your hair out with shipping. Um, 
simplify it if you can. And, and Gymshark has done a, a wonderful example of it here. Uh, overall, I mean, this site really, with the exception of like the, the mega menu could, could be polished up. With that one exception, the rest of the site is quite extraordinary. Yeah, no, it's a extremely good site. Grade A. It was clearly made for young, thin, cool people. And <laughs> I am an old, fat loser. So this was not meant for me. I just want to make the font bigger. I can't read it. Ah, it's too small. I don't know. I think I think big fonts help. And certainly, um, you know, glasses and poor vision happens to people of all ages. Paul Rita. <laughs> Except for me, I have 20-20 vision. Yeah, I was in grade school. I started to go blind. You gotta get that LASIK. Oh, it's sweet. I have an extreme eye thing. Like, I can't even you, see... What? You I, don't I, want someone to take a diamond knife to your cornea? I can't even see eye things happening on TV. It makes me very uncomfortable. And they use a laser to bake it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I, you said that they give you, like, an Ativan or whatever. And, like, I'm just gonna need, like, a hell doll. I'm just like... <laughs> so when you walk in the door, they shoot you with a trank dart? Yeah, I need a trank dart. Just, <laughs> just give, put me under general... <laughs> and, and tape my eyelids open and then just do it. it it's literally a 90 second procedure i you you don't even understand of like when i go to the eye doctor and they make me put my head in the machine thing where they're like number one number two you never go to the eye doctor you don't know but for everyone else out there i am like my eyes are like watering i'm like crying okay so maybe not the best candidate for life. <laughs> uh, my, my wife had it done and she was like it's no big deal i'm i i'm sure julie is not lying all right uh so we've got that's the end of this episode we've got some phenomenal episodes coming up so you haven't yet uh, subscribed please do and absolutely oh my god please join our facebook group you can ask us questions or give us unwanted feedback whatever your heart desires <laughs> search unofficial shopify podcast insiders um on facebook and, and join our group we would love to have you and until next time i hope that your sales revenue goes up and to the right one last thing if you're new to e-commerce, you're probably thinking what we all were in the early days. Where the heck do I start? Product photography? Discount codes? A logo? Thankfully, there's a simple answer. Start with your theme. Your Shopify theme is your online storefront. Picking the right theme influences the way your store looks, how it works, how easy it is for visitors to see your brand's value. And that's what makes or breaks your conversion rate. With nearly a decade of experience building beautiful, performant themes, my friends at Out of the Sandbox are experts in knowing what it takes to make your store a success. From the unmatched speed of Turbo to the endless customization possibilities of Flex, their themes are designed to look great and, more importantly, help you sell more. Whether you want to upgrade your existing theme or launch a brand new online store, Out of the Sandbox has a theme for you. Visit outofthesandbox.com and use promo code KURTS20 for 20% off their best-selling themes, Flex and Turbo. Go to outofthesandbox.com slash unofficial, promo code KURT20 for 20% off Flex and Turbo. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors, so please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. 
check us out at ethercycle.com. Thanks for listening. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.